Welcome to Act Pod, a podcast show that sheds light on the stories and impact of the social sector. The show is proudly powered by Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. Let's begin the change. Hello and welcome to another insightful and exciting episode of Act Pod, our story our continent. The non-profit guidebook by ACT Foundation was launched in September 2022. It has been greeted by a lot of enthusiasm from key players in the non-profit space. ACT Foundation's commitment to a viable non-profit sector led to the com- conception of these non-profit guidebooks. Today I have with me someone that I consider a trailblazing, ever-inspiring, amazing change maker. Osai Alili, CEO of Act Foundation. Osai Alili, thank you for joining us. Thank you so it's much, Aisha. I'm actually excited Emma. because this book. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, I'm so pleased to have you here. Uh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you for joining yes. us. Looking forward to the conversation. Yes. Same yes. Here. Okay. So let's start from the beginning. What yes. inspired this book? Why? Why are we having a non-profit guidebook series? I think for me, I've been in the sector for a number of years, over 20 years, and, um, and I've met many NGOs across Africa, mm-hmm. um, social enterprises, nonprofits, whatever you want to call them, people that are just starting something. And I realized that they're always asking the same questions. I mean, go to Nigeria, is the same question, go to Ghana, is uh, the same question. So I just, when we're going to our fifth year, I started asking, looking for, you know, just some documents to just help us to think through a process. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't really find anything that could be regarded as a guide. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of the days I was sitting with a programmer and I said, look, we need to write a book um, so that anyone sitting somewhere in Meduguri or in Takrade in in Ghana can just pick up the book and say, okay, I need to start a non-profit. What do I need to do? And it's very simple to read Mm -hmm. um, for high level, low level, whatever level you are on. And and that's how we started it. So we started thinking about doing a one one book. By the time we're done, we're done four books. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the beginning. Yeah. Um, it's, it's for me, it's like just the foundation of stone, and then you begin to grow on it and begin to change things as well. Mm-hmm. And I tell people that you can't have everything here, mm-hmm. but at least it's a stepping stone. It it gives you so many things that you might not even think about from the beginning. Um, but so that you have all those things in place before you even begin to start. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much for that. Um, so we're starting with the very beginning. Yes. Setting up a non-profit. That's book one. Yes. Um, so chapter one speaks on like characteristics of non of what re- what is required from a non-profit leader. Yes. Um, could you please talk about like maybe two of those characteristics that you think are important for non-profit leaders? Okay. I, I, you know when we talked about this, we wanted to talk about the non-profits first, but okay. I felt that leadership was key mm-hmm. um, because a lot of times as founders of organizations, we have a passion. Yeah. And so we go out there and just say, we want to start a non-profit. And then that's how you started. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that along the way, you need so many other things, uh, requirements mm-hmm. uh, for you to achieve and start off a successful non-profit. Okay. There are two different types. You can start a non-profit or you can start a project, mm-hmm. but you can start a successful and a sustainable one. And I felt that everything we had put in here should help you start a successful and a sustainable one. So there are quite a number of characteristics. I mean, you have to be consensual. You have to be someone that is emotionally intelligent. You have to be decisive. So many things that you have to think through. Um, of course, you have to take a lot of risk. 
um, as a leader or a founder, you have to shoulder a lot of their responsibilities, mm-hmm. um, which of course nobody else is going to shoulder for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me let me look at two of them. Uh, emotional intelligence mm-hmm. is one, mm-hmm. um, because you are dealing with um, projects in communities in different areas, not places that you're completely used to, and in a lot of times. Maybe I'm from Edo State in Nigeria. I'm going to go and do a project in Uganda. Emotional intelligence has to kick in. How mm-hmm. do I manage that community? Who do I speak to first? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I manage things compared to how I do it in Nigeria? Because every country is different. Mm-hmm. Even in Nigeria, every state is different. Yeah. Um, so you have to think through a process. You have to be smart enough to understand how do I speak to people? How do I showcase my passion? But also reali- make them realize that I'm also someone that they can trust mm-hmm. um, to do these projects in their community. So all those things are important mm-hmm. as a leader. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also leadership across board. So if not, even not non-profits, yeah if you're talking about even private institutions or SMEs as well. Mm-hmm. And then also taking risks <laughs> because mm-hmm. a lot of times are not profit. What you do is take risks yeah. because you're not making any profit. So you have to depend on people mm-hmm. to fund you, to take care of you, to, to send money, to for them to believe your story first, believe mm-hmm. what, why, what you are committed to do. Um, so th- that is also something I feel is very important. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I mentioned, there are quite a number of them, but those are the two things that I think I'll, I'll look at now. Yeah. yeah, that was very insightful. Thank mm. you. So starting a non-profit comes with its challenges as well. And then chapter one also highlighted that. Um, can you please discuss two challenges and how should non-profit leaders deal with them from like your experience and everything? Can you share that uh, with us? Starting any business <laughs> comes with many challenges. Yeah. Um, especially, I mean, of course, we all go there believing that it's going to work. Um, mm-hmm. We already know based on statistics, a certain percentage of business that start every year will not succeed Um, and then it even gets worse as you get um, the years go along so these are all the things uh, that we have to think about as um, a non-profit leader or a founder or someone that's starting a business Um, but we also have to think about high operational costs because at the beginning of the year there's so many costs that come to play Mm. and that you might not even think about but just happens Uh, and then you have this wonderful project in your mind that you want to go and do and I'm thinking oh I have to go all the way to Enugu to go and do it or I have to go all the way to Kigali to go and get it done and Mm -hmm. you get to Kigali and there are some amounts that you have to pay um, to operate in in Kigali Uh, one that is completely different from what you were paying to do in Nigeria and laws are different so you have to also put bear that in mind so all those um, uh, fundings that you, you don't think about, shared control of um, issues where you go to a community, it's not only about you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's about you and the community leaders. And you, so your, your control, you're kind of leveraging on that on them to, mm-hmm. to get the project done. So you have to think to yourself, how do I let go of some things? Uh, mm-hmm. So all those things you have to pay. And then don't know fatigue. Mm-hmm. We're living in times that people are tired yeah. of giving, especially after we stayed at home for two years. People, mm-hmm. I mean, people lost a lot of their jobs. People that were consistent giving 10 years, they stop giving you know so all those things have to come in play as well you have to think about it mm-hmm. so where am i going to get this funding from mm-hmm. um so those are the things that that are challenges that you have to face okay i'm yeah. very happy that you mentioned funding <laughs> because i was going to go there because funding is like one of the biggest challenges yep, that yep. non-profits are facing yes so then how would you um, t- um can you please like shed light on how people can manage like their funding challenges if they're trying to start up a non-profit apart from telling you to read the book uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes it's in the book <laughs> but i mean what we've done um with the book is that we've try to break it down into different types of funding. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, because of the projects you run, every project has what might be relevant to you at a, diff- at a, at a given stage. Mm-hmm. Um, th- there's a way 
a 10-year organization will raise funds and a one-year organization can't do it that mm. way because the 10-year has shown no. some form of history. Mm. They've shown that they, they, this, their impacts, they, yeah. you know, they, they've shown that they failed a few times and, you know, so everything is different. So you have to decide for yourself, where am I at this moment? What do we need to do? So if you're starting an organization, I tell, like, like any SME, individual funding is the best way to start. Okay. I mean, find people that are passionate about what you do as well mm. and um, begin to talk to them about that and, you know, find some people that don't even have the time and you have the time yeah. so they will say ah, let me give Aisha I, I the money let her go and do it mm -hmm. and come back and give me some so, so that's the easiest way to start off with then of course we have corporate funding we have um, foundation grants like we do mm -hmm. uh, and we you know our grants are yearly mm -hmm. uh, and we, we do a call for proposals so there's so many but a lot of us that do that we, we want you to have gotten to a certain number of years mm. um, before you even come to us. Mm. Um, so that's why we tell people start with the individual first. People that you know, like any other SME, go to talk to people that you can that trust you mm. and that believe that, you, yeah, I know that you have always been passionate about this, so I'm glad that you're doing this now in a more professional way. Mm. Um, but there are quite a number of others that you can also follow through with. Wow. Yes, Interesting. Okay, so we're moving to book two, where we discuss operating, managing the daily activities of an NGO. And now that we've successfully started, so I like how the book is in like different stages, yes. like a phase. Okay, we've started now, we're moving to operating. Yeah. Now that we've successfully started the nonprofit organization, how do we, how does it how 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 does it feel like to run it? What's it like the <laughs> daily operations? What can we get from this? It's hard. <laughs> um, I mean I, people feel that nonprofits are the easiest things to oh you're doing it. Oh, you're so lucky. Mm -hmm. Is it a hobby? And I'm looking at them, no, it's not a hobby. <laughs> it's real work. It's real work. Mm -hmm. It's real work because it requires a lot lot of your commitment mm -hmm. and a lot of times you are not seeing things um, manifesting in the way you want it to and you still have to trust because people are depending on you yeah. and you know dependence on an individual this like I was talking to um, Zuera of, of Dangote Foundation and they do they, they feed people every single day and they've done it continuously for three years Wow! how do you do that wow. for three years Mm. And when she told me the figure, I was like, you know, dumb, you know, I'm just like, my goodness. Mm -hmm. But that's commitment. Yes. yes, commitment regardless of the challenges you're facing, commitment regardless of what you're seeing. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that you have to continuously do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to just continuously push out there. So commitment is key. Passion is key. Mm -hmm. But um, in, in doing that and running a, 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 an organization like this, you must also realize that there's so many other things that you need to play with as well. And I think that's what um, the book also talks about. Governance structures are important. Mm -hmm. um, how do you to put that in play? Um, management structures are important. How do you put that? How would you bring on your team mm -hmm. to help you work through that process as well? Yes. Okay. So I've noticed that branding is one... Um one sec one segment that nonprofits don't actually pay attention to they don't take seriously yes. for someone that is so experienced in this sector how like what what, what was your take on branding like i mean i don't play with branding, branding. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know if you know me you know me that i don't play with branding i feel that it's something that you should start a lot of people um, start businesses and they wait till oh I want to go to a certain level mm -hmm. because you know branding is for big people big players no 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 it's not it's for any every anybody yeah. and it's for even you as an individual mm -hmm. as uh, the non-profit head or the non-profit founder mm -hmm. how do I trust you if I don't know you yeah. it's as simple as that branding makes people know you it makes people trust you and it's only it's based on how they see you and how do they see you is how you put yourself out there yeah. so the first step is you yeah, you start off, how do people see me? 
how do, what am I what am I selling to people? Mm. And once I sell something to them, then they see me in that way. It's perception. It's how do I perceive you as a person? Mm. And that's how I respect you as a brand. Okay. Um, so we kind of want to wait till we get to a certain number of years till we're successful to brand ourselves. But mm. I feel that branding should start from the very beginning mm. and you begin to build on it. Mm. And even if it's from even if you are doing it from home. You can take a few pictures, post it out there, let people see that you're have, you have committed to a certain community, mm-hmm. you've done some things in that community, and begin to do it slowly. Now, social media has even made it so much easier. Then it was difficult. Everything was, you had to pay the newspaper, mm-hmm. pay radio station. radio station. Now you can do some things for free. All you're paying for is the internet time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel it's key. Then also the world has become very global. You're doing a program in, in, in Gambia, and you're asking for funding from from South Africa, how do they find out what you are doing? Mm. Um, they they're going to go online, and in, it's in going online that they, they they begin to check what if you say what you are doing is what you are doing and mm. all that. And if you don't put anything out there, um, they come out with nothing. I remember I had a meeting with someone. Person kept on talking about what they've done in the last few years, mm. and one of the things I asked um, her was that, uh, well. I went to search everything online. I can't find your footprints. Mm. And she was like, no, no, but we've done it. We've done it. I said, no, no, no. You can't tell me you've done it. Yeah. There's no footprint. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's different if you want as a personal person to keep your things private. Mm. But if you're selling a commodity or you're selling a service or a good, people must see that you're selling that service. And it's how we perceive you is how we treat you. Mm. It's as simple as that. Wow, interesting. Mm. Interesting take on branding. So let's move to book three, where we talk on sustaining, building non-profits that last. Mm. So there are so many non-profits that start and then in the long run, we don't hear from them anymore. They're not like, they, they, they don't exist anymore. Yeah. So how would you advise like people to be more sustainable, like NGOs to be more sustainable in this sector? Um... I think we have to come from a point of view where you treat it like a business, um, a social enterprise, a social business. Um, That thing of um, it's an NGO, NGO. (laughs) I'm just trying my best. It's, it's gone. That mm. that season has died. Yeah. Um, It's 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 a business. It should be run as a business. Um, Yes. We, we don't make money, but we make you can still make money and profits and put it into the business. It's not illegal to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's when you do that that you now begin to think of how sustainable the business is going to be. So that entrepreneurial mindset okay. must come into play mm-hmm. for every entrepreneur, okay. every social entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, that's the only way you're going to sustain the business in the long term when you think about it like that and see it like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and realize that it's not a one-man business because you must be accountable to people. Yeah. Someone told me that, oh, I've been running this thing in, a, in, in this program for 10 years in that community. The community knows me, it's my community. I said, that's fine. But if you're spending somebody's money to run that program in the community, the program doesn't belong to you. Exactly. So that thing of that one-man business. business. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean that I'm saying that you must, you must make your, your non-profit huge and big. No, mm-hmm. not necessarily so. But you must treat it like a business. You must make sure that that's that's where people can ask you questions and they can easily get all the information they require Mm -hmm. where they can ask for any information and they can get it first Two, the you must be accountable to someone okay so you must even if it's a board of trustees a small board no doesn't have to don't when when people hear board it gets frightened (laughs) ah board Mm -hmm. how am i going to be managed Mm -hmm. just people that you're accountable to Mm -hmm. uh, trustees whatever they're called because it makes you careful 
about making decisions. It makes you a bit more vulnerable to somebody else. Mm. And you cannot know everything now. Exactly. It's not possible. No. Yeah, so when you have a meeting, I say, well, I'm going to Zamfara to go and do something. And I feel this is the best time. Someone there might say, I, I just read something about Zamfara. Um, yeah. maybe this is not what they are even looking for mm -hmm. or maybe we should do it this way or we should do it that way so you, you have other people that you are accountable to so, the other thing I always tell people is that you can't do this kind of project and think sustainability and there's no continuous learning mm -hmm. uh, we just think that we should do it in the same way I know an organization the same thing every single year mm -hmm. even myself I'm tired uh, yeah. of hearing that huh? oh now we are doing it okay how many people did you do last year 500 how many people are you doing this year 500 and 500 and it's, that's every single year mm -hmm. no innovation not not thinking to themselves that the community is changing the progress the way we are doing things are changing mm -hmm. what do i do different what do i you know so that but if you don't know how do you do things different? Yeah. And that's where continuous learning must come into play. That you're always, always, always learning, reading, asking questions, talking to people, being in groups that you can ask them what's going on. Mm. And you can learn from people because you cannot learn by yourself. Mm, uh, no matter, even when I tell people I've been in the system for how many years now, there's some things that when people talk about, I'm in shock. Mm -hmm. Because... Really, there's something new that you're learning. learning um, so I, I'm one of those people that I feel to myself that I'm always on learning things. I'm ready every year to get people to tell me what's going on. Mm -hmm. I want smart people around me mm -hmm. that can tell me um, this is not how it's done anymore. Mm -hmm. Then I'm also in, in different groups of people that are CEOs as well. Okay. That if something is going wrong, I can always go to them. That's how you sustain a business. Yeah. When you have people around you that have more talents than you do, mm -hmm. and you have more people around you that ask more questions than you do, mm -hmm. you find out that they're asking the questions you two are learning from them then also i mean i mentioned the networks mm -hmm. and uh, other other people that you can talk to as well the networks wh wh what network are you in mm -hmm. um yes you are doing an amazing job in the community and they love you there but once they take you out of the community can you survive mm -hmm. yes yeah, so you must be able to survive outside of the community you must be able to go global and not now it doesn't mean to travel anywhere anymore no. global can be online you know you yeah, can be talking you can you can have sit in you know i tell people that another way you can bring yourself out there is that when they have all these things online you already have a few questions you can ask mm -hmm. so once they say that any question everybody will be quiet why can't you ask a question okay. i'm calling from zamfara state in nigeria this is my project i wanted to ask one or two questions mm -hmm. immediately if i have anything to do with that project i'm already kind of writing them that's one of the ways i get new organizations that mm -hmm. we've never worked with mm -hmm. when i'm sitting I'm, I'm on i'm zoom somewhere and people are asking i'm looking at their different details and i'm checking this person is from where and i send a message i say go and check this this community um, um ngo mm -hmm. and see what they do mm -hmm. and then maybe invite them for the next project you know so those are the things that's the way um you can build and sustain of course be comfortable with um, failure and even with the future okay. because if you is here it's not going anywhere mm -hmm. technology has come to play mm -hmm. so you have to be comfortable with all those things that um and i think um and when let me go back to continuous learning in terms of that and that's why we, i felt that the book was necessary as well yeah. um because it enables people to see past where they are this moment and be able to come up with examples that can make make things work for them mm -hmm. so i'm happy you touched on networking because mm -hmm. that, that's like a follow-up to my next question yeah. on building partnerships mm -hmm. to unlock growth opportunities so i, I noticed that the book provides information on donor um, cultivation and yes. donor-centered culture yeah. um why do you think non-profits should collaborate 
I think I, I say it all the time. You can't do this on your own. It's impossible. Mm. And and if you are focused on health and you go into a community and you have enterprise issues, are you going to add enterprise to your focus area or your mission? Mm-hmm. It's not possible now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you have people along the line that are doing other things, then it makes it easier for a few of you to come in and say, okay, what do we do different? Mm-hmm. How do we manage the situation that mm-hmm. we're seeing? So I, I, I feel that collaboration is key. Then two, um, you can reach other beneficiaries mm-hmm. um, because you might not know all that you need to know. And if somebody else says, I come and do it my, on my other community that I'm already there anyway mm. and so you find out that uh, you have done community one you're going to community two you're going to community three mm. and so you you before you know it you are reaching more people yeah. because someone else is invited to come and maybe and maybe they, they it's even easier because their, their project is already running mm. so all you're coming to do is come and join them in their own project mm. so we have to start thinking past the fact that uh it's all about me myself and i mm. and once you start thinking community thinking solutions, you find that collaboration becomes a bit more easy because you're not worried. You feel that as far as I'm concerned, I want it to work. Mm -hmm. So whatever we need to do together to make it work is what you're looking out for. Then, of course, you're leveraging resources as well. So I'm I'm going to to Gambia now and uh, we're going to Rwanda. Why do I want to open an office in Rwanda? Let's look for other people that are there that are doing what we're doing mm-hmm. or that we can maybe work from their office or we can leverage on the, who they are as individuals. And then you might realize that they have more networks there already yeah. that you don't have because you have not built Rwanda mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, networks. So you, you can leverage on people, leverage mm-hmm. on their networks, leverage on their resources, leverage on their funding. Um, so ads gets a fund from, from an organization and we want to add three other people to it. Yeah. We've already gotten the funding. So we're bringing you to, to join the party. Yeah. Uh, so when you're coming to the party, maybe you're only bringing a bottle of wine or a glass of, uh, or a bottle of um, fruit juice. While me, I've already, the party has already started. Mm-hmm. I've called the DJ, I have the cameraman, you know. So all those things that you, you, you think about and you put in, into play as well. Also reduces overhead costs. Mm-hmm. You know, the cost is high. Yes. <laughs> and you have to pay people, you have to pay, um, you know, services uh, you know rent uh, and stuff like that so there are so many things that we can think about and we can say why is collaboration key why building partnerships are key as well and um but i also think one of the things that um it's important is also nurturing donor relationships and i think we meant we didn't mention it in in the book because it's, it's really important a lot of people um wait till the call for application or wait till you see the donor somewhere you know say well i i sent a proposal to you guys three years ago. Mm. Where have you been for the past three years? You both denied me mm-hmm. that um, at that time. Yeah. What happened in three years? Have you continuously sent information? Have you invited them even to your program? Because they might not come to everything, but by the time you invite two or three times, mm-hmm. after a while they'll be like, this person, let me go and see what they even do. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't, let me send somebody. And you know, sometimes it's in seeing that it's in believing. Yeah. yeah, but don't wait till that moment when they're, they're doing another call to start saying, oh, I want to talk to the person that is in charge. People give who they know. Mm-hmm. If, no matter how much you say that, uh, they might not know the person personally. Mm-hmm. But because they've seen that brand out there, they, they feel comfortable with the brand. 
I've asked another donor agency about the person. They say, oh, that's a fantastic brand to work with. Mm-hmm. We, we do what makes us comfortable. Mm-hmm. Not right or wrong, but, you know, those are things that we're all trying to deal with because we're still working based on human beings. Mm-hmm. Human beings deal with relationships, yeah. and that's the way it works. So mm-hmm. collaboration is key. Partnerships is key. Networks are key. By the time you add all this together, it helps you to build and help you to maintain the sustainability of the organization in the long term. Mm-hmm. Yes. So relationship management is key. Hey, well. It is very key. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so I'm going to the very last chapter, book four. Um, book four highlights measuring, yeah. tracking um, performance for growth and yeah, success. Yeah. And then um, an important tool that helps to address the need for problem for a non-profit is the theory of change. Mm. <laughs> Can you give a brief, just a brief like summary on what, it, what this book says about the theory of change? Read the book. (laughs) 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 But I think um, um, the theory of change gives you a roadmap. Mm -hmm. Um, It's essential now uh, for for any um, NGO to to do. Let me me go back. Mm. Monitoring, evaluation, measurements are things that a lot of people struggle with. And um, because it requires more technical functionalities mm-hmm. yeah so people find it difficult to manage but it's also one of the most important things because mm-hmm. everything we've spoken about here and sustainability of the organization without being able to measure to mm-hmm. monitor to be able to tell people i have done this and this is the impact you can see it's difficult to sustain mm-hmm. because people will always move towards victory they will always move towards positivity they always move towards something that they can see has gone well mm-hmm. and if you cannot measure and you cannot show <laughs> it's almost difficult mm-hmm. so all these things so I, I don't want it to be just about big words to people or theory of change how do we manage it measurement but what you can say to yourself if you're listening and you're just starting is like how do i show people that this project i've done mm-hmm. is impactful to the community mm-hmm. and i want them to come and get involved how do I show that my uncle that gave me money mm. as an individual donor that that 500000 he gave me or the $20 he gave to me was able to feed one child in the community mm. or was able to send a child to school? And I can tell you that it has helped the child because when we first started, this boy was sitting at home, not going to school. Mm. So the mother had to take him with her to the market every single day. You know how difficult it is for a mother to carry the child, to carry her goods and everything. Yeah. Uh, but once we started paying for the child's school fees, he started going to school. Then he like, comes home, helps his mother to make sure that the money that she, was, that she received, everything is complete. Mm-hmm. He was checking her books to make sure that everything was fine because he has learned a few things. So once you measure it and you can tell me that, mm-hmm. I feel comfortable enough to give you the next $100. Mm-hmm. But if you cannot show me, just say, I, I'm training a hundred people in a community. The hundred of them came. It's, it's not true now. You know, mm-hmm. don't give me numbers. Give me quality mm-hmm. and, and measurable quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so those are the, all the things that we have to think. And that's where theory of change comes into play. Okay. For us to be able to give ourselves a roadmap uh, on how a project and what our desired goal at the end of the day is. Mm-hmm. And so once you do that, because you know why you are going into the community in the first place, mm-hmm. you know what is important to you, you know what you want to achieve, but you must be able to showcase it. You see, as Africans, and we've always given, mm-hmm. 
I mean, every family will tell you, no matter how poor we were, there was always a relative living with you or someone that's come to stay or that is paying somebody's school fees. or it's, You know, it's just always been like that. Um, even if it's not that community church, mm. we're feeding the pastor, we're feeding the priest, we're sending food to people that cannot afford it. Even you that cannot afford it, you are doing it. Yeah. So we've always given. It's always it's a part of who we are as human beings. When someone when someone is having something in family, look at the way we all pack and go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> someone oh. dies before the person mm-hmm. has even the person's family has even woken up from sleep. People are already there helping the woman to clean, cooking, not asking her for a couple. Mm-hmm. Doing. Mm-hmm. That's who we are. Mm-hmm. But we're asking now that we can do it in a structured manner. Apart from that benevolence, that's fine. But if you are doing anything in the community, how do we structure it? How do we know that it's going well? Mm-hmm. If someone is doing, even if it's a cousin that is helping you to, to, to take care of the kids in the, in the village mm-hmm. and you're paying their school fees, asking them, what about the, what, what is, it, is it making the person better mm-hmm. as an individual? Mm-hmm. When you go and speak to the mother, those are the things that you are asking. Mm-hmm. The mother is telling you that, yes, yeah, so, since this boy has been going to school for the past one year, I know what I'm benefiting, mm-hmm. you know. So once you can measure all those things, those are theories of change. Mm-hmm. Those are the those are the purposes of it. That, that's the necessity of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't look at it like a big thing. Mm-hmm. Look at it as a necessary tool. Yes, and once you look at once you read the, the, that that fourth book and you think to yourself, how do I measure this thing? Think about it in terms of this is necessary for me to do. Mm-hmm. So once you do that, then it's easier for you to say, okay, what is important for me at every given time? Wow, yeah. that was so insightful. <laughs> like, I feel like I should have come with my pen and jotter or something. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for being with us today. Before we call it a wrap, each of these books has a special section tagged Sector Insights. Yeah. What should the reader expect to get from there? Okay, so with sector, we wanted people that have gone through the journey mm-hmm. and that you cannot necessarily have in front of you to ask questions. We ask them questions on your behalf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we wanted them to be able to tell us their stories and tell us why they felt maybe starting was important, okay. um, operation was important, and things like that. So, so we developed um, um, questions that are, are across all the gap areas that we have observed mm-hmm. in talking to nonprofits, and that's why it's important. So we put all the different things at the back of every single book, mm-hmm. and and it's always so interesting when you read and look at it. I mean, look at. Nika D'Souza, who I know has been in the sector for over 30 years, she said in the past, non-profits tend to be unstructured due to the nature of how they're established by founders and the community. Increasingly, we are seeing that the operations of non-profits are becoming institutionalized. Mm. Governance remains key for non-profits, especially in view of the increasing need for transparency and accountability for its actions and its resources, mm. which is what we had talked about before. Resources are so key. Mm. You can't take somebody's money and they cannot ask you any questions. <laughs> Therefore, building a strong governance structure is key in ensuring that the non-profit organization is accountable to its various stakeholders. So we have quite a number of these people that have run strong Nonprofits across Africa give you different insights of why they feel and believe that starting a nonprofit is essential mm-hmm. and all the different steps that we're taking are essential. And I felt that that was very, very important. Amazing. Yes. So, um, guys, before we go, if you've not gotten your copy of the Nonprofit Guidebook, it's available on Amazon, the e-copy and the hard copy. So until next time, watch out for another insightful section on ActPod, our story, our continent. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to ActPod. For inquiries and feedback, please reach us on 
actpod at actrustfoundation.org. Follow us on social media at actfoundation underscore on Instagram and Twitter and Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation on Facebook. The show is proudly powered by Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. ActPod, our story, our continent.